Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the all-new DX3 podcast. My name is Eric Mercer, and I'll be your host. On this show, we'll be interviewing industry leaders and experts in the worlds of digital marketing, advertising, and retail. Tune in to hear their perspectives on how innovation and technology is changing their industries. What you're about to hear is an interview I did with Brad Wing, the Vice President of Partnerships at SweetIQ. SweetIQ is a local search marketing platform that converts online searches into in-store sales. Brad is a seasoned marketing and business development professional across many technologies with in-depth knowledge of web, mobile, big data, local, and content platforms. Brad is a strong relationship builder with top-tier companies and has signed Fortune 500 deals with partners such as Yelp, Apple, Snapchat, and Salesforce. In his free time, Brad stays heavily involved in the developer community and supports the startup ecosystem as an advisor and mentor to up-and-coming marketers and professionals. In a similar vein, Brad is on the advisory board this year for DX3 2018. If you enjoy this chat, please remember to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Without further ado, here is Brad Wing. All right, welcome, Brad. Why don't we just dive right in to kick things off? Uh, you deal a lot with the use of digital to encourage bricks and mortar shopping for your clients, right. essentially. Okay, so what are some of the common misconceptions or incorrect assumptions that marketers or business people have about the interaction between digital and physical uh, when it comes to retail? I, mean, I think it's a very good question. I mean, we deal with it every single day. I mean, let's put it this way. SweetIQ would not exist if that if that option was actually truth. You know, let's just say, you know, broad brushstroke, because our clients, that is Fortune, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 retail, restaurants, financial services, they live and die by driving people into store. So I think one of the largest, the, the most common misconceptions is really around, you know, oh, Amazon is killing us and, oh, you know, retail is dead and et cetera. Yes, listen. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to be the first to agree that, you know, we lose, you know, the big boxes of Sears, we lose Target in Canada not too long ago. You know, we see cutbacks coming from, you know, certain retail operations, but we also see other retail operations reinventing themselves and thriving and changing and evolving. And I think that's the most important thing. So yes, while, you know, there's been a large move to online, you know, that misconception is, is, you know, is also compounded by the fact that everyone sees the ubiquitous Amazon, you know, box, you know, on everyone else's front doorstep or, or you do shop on, you know, online shopping yourself, but in Canada, 93 to 95%, again, depending what point you look at, you know, of revenues for any of these large retailers, they're still driven in store. Yes, there's been a lot of move to, you know, online shopping and online showrooming and a lot of online research. But when it comes down to it, you know, it's still about the store. And more importantly about that is about the store for millennials. And so we actually just did um, some really interesting research with our parent company, Reach Local and Gannett. And Gannett is the, for those that don't know, are the owner of the USA Today newspaper, the USA Today Network, a multi-billion dollar organization based in Virginia. Um, but all that to say is they were also looking at, you know, the trends and how things change. And we look at, 
you know, the respondents and, you know, still 44% of those respondents, close to a half, they still want to have an in-store shopping experience. They're still looking for something that is, you know, something that is tangible. And so a lot of these respondents are tech savvy millennials. These are the next large cohort of individuals who come up with the spending power and they're looking for convenience and discounts and immediacy. They're looking to be able to touch and feel products. So really a brand today, um, you know, needs to make sure that they remain ubiquitous, both online and offline, that they are driving people from online to offline and ultimately delivering a lot of that, that, that brand promise or that, that, that experience really in a store. And that is what Sweet IQ is there to do is to connect that online to offline. Got it. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like, you know, you're pretty passionate about this whole conversation around where retail is going. And I think, as you, you probably are well aware, the the sort of narrative this year uh, has been all about the retail apocalypse. I've have seen that that term come up in a, a lot a lot of articles that I've been reading. The retail apocalypse is upon us. So I guess just to dive in a little bit, what what's your take on that? Why do you think you know, given all the all the data points you just kind of gave us, why do you think that that's the narrative today? I mean, one thing I think that drives it is that everyone likes to hear Doomsday Story, <laughs> number one. <laughs> That's fair, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a great headline. It's great SEO. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a good one. Um, but listen, you know, I mean, obviously, it's in my best interest to, you know, to want to see retail thrive. And we do. Um, you know, I think that I have, you know, a very interesting viewpoint as it relates to the growth of retail. I mean, today is, you know, the record this recording uh, is happening just after uh, U.S. Uh, Thanksgiving and Black Friday. And the numbers came out earlier this, uh, you know, the, the, this today, actually being Monday, we actually seeing that the year over year receipts are up 16 to 18%. So there's actually a net increase in sales. And so it's not an apocalypse. I think that the sales for retail are increasing. Um, people are, you know, increasingly driving to store to have a lot of those um, interactions. And so there, the, the interesting thing is, is while there are some doomsday scenarios, you know, the numbers point differently. So I can also point to other um, you know, great information that we love to that we love to read about from the NRF, which is the National Retail Federation of Canada. So we're, we're, we're referencing a little bit more of an American point of view at this point. But they actually see an increase in stores in 2017. So not a not a not a not a decrease in stores, a net increase in store openings. And so, yes, again, you're going to lose your Sears and you're going to lose your maybe a, a, some TJ Maxx or you're going to lose some of these larger retailers. But again, there's there's one there's others like Bonobos or Warby Parker or all these amazing, you know, companies that used to be e-commerce pure plays that are now moving into the bricks and mortar. And so who who would have thought just, you know, 18 months ago, two, two years ago, that Warby had about 70 stores and Bonobos would have almost 50 stores. So this is somewhat of a changing retail and evolution. So we don't we do not adhere to the narrative of crisis or apocalypse. We see it rather as evolution and opportunity, and the need for and the need really for shopper engagement. Yeah, no, it's it is interesting. I remember following the uh, the start of Warby Parker to think that they now have. I think you and I were chatting uh, about a week ago, and you, you mentioned the thing about Warby Parker having seventy stores uh, worldwide, and that's just that's just amazing to me. Um, well, okay, so just to, to shift uh, gears a little bit towards technology um, and sort of the role that that's playing 
within the world of retail and marketing, whether that be online or in store. Uh, based on all the technology that's sort of out there and, and, and being developed that we're seeing coming up seemingly so quickly right now, uh, what, do you, what do you think is going to have the greatest impact on how businesses market and sell to their consumers? Another, like, again, another amazing question. I think this begs goes back to evolution. This goes back to an opportunity rather than, you know, rather than, you know, a, a crisis, if you will. And so I think that, you know, the customer journey is and will be that much more important or as, as more important than it has ever been, if you will, um, you know, in 2018. The customer journey, you know, back in back in one day used to be linear from A to B. And then the customer journey became, you know, a, you know, a somewhat more erratic type of, uh, you know, up and down kind of movement. Now, I would say, you know, I would to, to, to use the to use the metaphor of, of a roundabout or to use the the analogy of a of a tour bus almost, you know, I'm thinking about being in New York on the big red tour bus and I get on the bus, I get off the bus when I want to, when I choose not when the retailer chooses, but when I choose as the customer. So one day I see a television commercial or hear a radio ad. Three weeks later, I get an email blast because I'm a loyal customer and I'm in the loyalty program. And then two days later, I get a reminder and then I use a coupon and then I walk into a store. But how did I get into the store? I went and Google my business to look for business directions and how to get to that store and whether the store was open or not, because I was driving home on my way to my son or my daughter's soccer game so there's an amazing opportunity for a brand to really be ubiquitous and you know I'll, I'll i'll do one up and i'll i'll bring jeff bezos and amazon back into this conversation while everyone thinks he's the behemoth that's killing he's also the individual who has a very 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 customer-centric approach right i mean he's the one who also you know also answered the question you know what does my customer want like what is the what is the campaign? What is the touch point? Everything flows from the relationship with the customer. How does my customer want it? How do I get it to him or her faster, better, cheaper, more efficient? And that's really important. I think that's what, you know, bold moves need to be in 2018. I mean, it has, it's about bold moves, I think, for retail. It's about, you know, decisions, not fearing failure, making mistakes, really testing messages, promotions, Omni-channel, on and off the bus type of type of stuff. It's really, really important. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for your uh, for your time today. And I, we've got one one more well, time for one more question. Um, sure. No. Go ahead. Yeah, th this one is, is interesting. So it's kind of kind of counter to the the last question about sort of what do you think is the sort of biggest opportunity in in sort of tech that's being developed. Um, what is sort of one area or development in technology as it relates to your business? Do you think is overhyped? Um, what's getting too much credit, and and why do and why do you feel that way? Maybe maybe kind of VR uh, AR. I mean, I think that is you know while extremely interesting, and of course, like anything, you know, like any new technology that comes out, there'll always be those those uh, those those early adopter uh, individuals and companies and clients that are there to try and find ways to make it happen. I mean, how do you really turn VR on inside a retailer? Uh, you know, people are looking at that. I think that it might be a little further out in terms of how we might be able to use that, you know, to within, within, within our setting, within our industry. Um, you know, and I think that another thing that's kind of, you know, kind of 
in that same vein is around wearable tech. I mean, you know, you're kind of wearing the VR, AR headset perhaps, but I mean, again, wearable tech and, you know, like, you know, the, the watches, the sensors, the, the IOT, the internet of things that, you know, everything from your, you know, from your, from your bra to your watch, to your shoes, to this is all kind of connected. Um, you know, I see that kind of as, as something that's maybe, um, you know, been overhyped as well and not been able to, you know, translate as easily into, into, you know, the consumer mind from, from the retailers. So, I mean, th- these are a couple of things that I that, that that I've seen, you know, that have always been on the on the on the cusp, and I've never really, really, really taken hold as yet. So, I mean, if I had to, you know, maybe put my finger on a couple of things, I mean, those are what I would see right now as something that you know may not be as prevalent into 2018. Well, listen, Brad, thank you so much for your time and for chatting with me and in the audience at DX3. It was a pleasure to have you. I'm looking forward to uh, to, to chatting with you more at DX3 2018. 2018, looking forward to March. Thanks a lot, Eric. Cheers, have a good one. Take care. Guys, thanks again for tuning in to the first episode of the all-new DX3 podcast. Just before you go, I wanted to let you know that all access passes are now available for DX3 2018, March 7th and 8th at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in the heart of downtown Toronto. If you're interested in registering, head over to dx3canada.com. If you like what you heard today, please remember to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks again.